0: The way we communicate is fundamentally changing. Clients want you to communicate with them on their own terms. That might mean a phone call or an email, but they also want to connect on live video and social media platforms. In this episode, I chat to Danny Matthews, who believes that we must use new communications platforms to build a new level of trust with clients. Financial services companies are universally distrusted across the globe, and he wants to see an end to that. We talk about using compliant social media to connect with our clients in the most trustworthy, transparent, personal. An authentic way to maintain and grow our business into the next generation. That's all right here in Episode 84 of the Marketing, Protection and Finance Podcast.
1: Welcome, you're listening to the podcast for financial services professionals looking to share business ideas and inspiration in the world of marketing, protection and finance. So let's get on with the show and here's your host, Roger Edwards.
0: Hello folks and welcome to the MPAF podcast. Thanks as always for tuning in, downloading, streaming, listening in on the treadmill, in the car, on the train, on the tram, on the plane or on the ferry. I really appreciate it and the feedback you give me. As always, I'm Roger Edwards from Edinburgh. Marketing and financial services for two decades, once the Marketing Director and then the Managing Director of Bright Grey and Scottish Provident, now in business helping people like you with their marketing strategy, content and social media. Well... Last week's short episode certainly caught people's attention. The headline was Why Some Companies Don't Understand Social Media and How It Makes Them Afraid. Thanks for everyone who tweeted me or emailed me with comments. Quite a few of you agreed with me. Some companies just see social media as just another promotional platform, like banner ads, rather than a way of engaging with customers, building relationships and building trust. This has to change. Last week's episode was a deliberate prequel to this week's chat with Danny Matthews, who's on a mission to use social media the way it should be used in financial services. Danny is an advisor working for the Total Mortgage Network. He's also the founder of Advisors Edge Media, providing training on social media and other ways of creating lifetime value for clients. So let's get right into that chat with Danny, right here on the Marketing, Protection and Finance podcast. Oh, and if you can, see if you can look out for the guest appearance by my cat, Sid. And so, Danny, welcome to the Empath Podcast. Hello, Roger. How are you today? Very well, thank you. I've had a quite productive morning, so I'm feeling good. Fantastic. Danny, tell me, where are we Skyping each other from today?
2: I live in a, um, uh, well, it's a terraced Cotswold stone house um, just next to a lake. It's in a little village called South Cerny and it's, it's, it's just outside Sirencester in the Cotswolds. So it's, um, I'm very lucky where I live. Um, it, I moved here for work, so it wasn't planned. Um, so I'm very lucky to just have landed here. Uh,
0: for work, and I'm, I'm still here. Sounds idyllic. Sounds mm. almost like the sort of place I'd like to go on holiday to.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. time.
0: Danny, today we're going to talk about a favourite subject of yours, and that's really the lack of trust in financial services. And I think you've got some really interesting ideas on how we can change that through the use of social media and, and, and all sorts of other ideas. But maybe before we get into that topic, Danny, why not tell the listeners of the Empath podcast a little bit about yourself, where you come from, where you're going what makes you tick
2: okay well um, a lot uh, I think in financial services specifically uh, a lot of people would consider me a whippersnapper <laughs> um, but uh, I may look that way um, but it's uh, I've been in financial services since I was 19 um, when I started as an account manager for an AR of uh, a medical insurance broker okay so I started off as a, an account manager just sort of dealing with renewals um, and I picked up a, a real passion for the industry uh, at that point unfortunately it did actually mean that I, I wanted uh, I wanted his job um, right. which uh, uh, obviously wasn't available so I, I had to look elsewhere which is actually the point I moved down here to, to um, Siren mm-hmm.
1: Um
2: So time went on I went to uh, a broker down here in Sirencester who did medical insurance as well and they didn't have an SME like business to business department it was all fairly telephone based uh, business to consumer um, sort of department so I went there and with the background and knowledge I had I started a department there uh, which then grew um, and then wanted to spread my wings a little bit further and it was at that point really that I started to engage with social media a lot more and find out the I suppose the hassles or the the, um, the the difficulties in using social media within that sort of industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, an old colleague of mine uh, contacted me, mm-hmm. or I con- we contacted each other. We stayed in touch, and uh, we ended up joining a network and setting up on our own. So it was just us two as partners. We ran um, a uh, medical insurance broker together in a, in a small. Uh, like barn conversion uh, on a field, which was a, it was lovely. It was it was a nice, uh, nice working environment, just down the road from me. So it was a, it was lovely. Okay. Uh, after build, after sort of building that company up, we started realizing that we're doing medical insurance, and people are asking about other protection, as you would know, things like life insurance, uh, income protection, uh, critical illness, all that kind of thing. Uh huh. And uh, so we started moving into different areas and realized very, very quickly that the one thing people were covering is not themselves or their money. It was more their mortgage and their, this big, um, huge amount of money that was secured on their home mm-hmm. that they wanted to pay almost yesterday. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a real importance to them. So we both got the idea that we would expand into mortgages. Um, he went off to a family Friend business uh, that was a, a mortgage uh, broker. Um, when I got qualified, did what I needed to do to, to go into the industry. And I looked around elsewhere for, for different networks I could join to uh, get qualified and, and competent. And that's when I ended up um, with the current network I'm with, where it's been great. I mean, I've been there for a couple of years now. Uh, business has expanded rapidly. I've trained a team of 17. Uh, mortgage advisors as well Right. and, and increase their attention to a hundred percent So and that they're really really switched on high achieving uh, Advisors that are, I'm really really proud to be to be part of that training process and that sort of lands me here um, where I decided that that or I found out a couple of years ago that the trust in, in the industry, especially banking, financial services, and insurance, are the three least trusted industries globally. Yeah. It's not even a UK problem, it's, it's all over the world. And uh, I, uh, I follow Phil Calvert, who does some LinkedIn training in, in the industry, and uh, I've I seen one of his presentations a few years ago about trust um, and gaining that through LinkedIn, and it sparked something in the back of my mind, um, and it sparked a real disconnect in the way that we're communicating with our customers. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what really did it for me. Personally, I suppose uh, I live down here in Sirencester with my wife. Uh, We got married two years ago, although we've been married since um, the same time I started in the industry uh, when I was 19. So we've been together quite a long time. And uh, we've got two cats, no pitter-patter yet. um, (laughs) You never know what's going to happen. And uh, really my life revolves around just uh, making sure people Understand that I'm trying to change the way they think about um, the industry and, and how I work, and, and there's been a lot of instances and examples with um, with my clients where they were shocked that it's it's very very different the kind of service that you get when you're transparent and honest and personal with people. Uh, the experience really changes.
0: Danny, we've got a lot to talk about on the back of that introduction there. The lack of trust in financial services, yes. I do think that the industry has improved massively over the last 10 years through regulation and through the efforts of people like yourselves and others. But the public still have that negative perception of the industry. And sadly, if they go onto the internet and they type in financial services – just the the mass of information that's out there that backs up their poor perception means that we have a lot of trouble actually overcoming that perception, and I've been saying probably for the last few years that one of the ways forward is to is to try to generate more positive stories, more positive content, be it blogs, articles, videos, podcasts like this, uh, blabs and periscopes now, just to try to balance out that negative stuff that's out there so that eventually, and, and I know it's a long game, but eventually people will start to trust the industry more. So I'm absolutely on the same page with you when it comes to trying to do something about that lack of trust. And of course, the second thing you mentioned was your your love of social media and the fact that you've uh, started to embrace that. And I guess that's another part of the industry that's in the UK that's been slow to take off. We, we perhaps have a, a bit of a fear of social media, perhaps from a compliance point of view, and obviously we have to be compliant. But but I think there are ways around that. Where do you where do you think that lack of trust at the moment um, is is still coming from, and, and and what can we initially do to start um, turning that around? Do you think, Danny? Uh,
2: there's there's one very very good example. Um, there, there's uh, two people by the name of Don Peppers and Martha Rogers. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard of them. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, they they give an exa- They wrote a book called Extreme Trust. Right. And um, the example that they give is that debit debit cards back in the day, especially in America, when you had checking accounts, and here as well, mm-hmm. you didn't really have a debit card, and debit cards were pushed. Before all uh, consumer credit came in and all the regulation around that, Mm -hmm. debit cards were created by banks and pushed because typically debit card users incur more overdraft fees than someone who doesn't have a debit card. Okay. Um, So uh, checking accounts were the norm um, and then debit cards came in and 40% of operating income and revenue that banks had was from fees, from overdraft fees um and the point they make is that it's okay for a bank to generate income from fees because that that's how they get along in business and it's you know whether it whatever reason it may be what it's not okay to do is set up a business model designed to trick the customer out of money mm. um and it's little things like that, that that I pick up on and i think what why on earth are they doing this um, but skipping forward to today to you know there's there's a lot that needs to happen and, and I definitely agree that this isn't gonna happen overnight and you know I, I may be speaking to people about trust and social media in in financial services for the next 10-20 years <laughs> to change that um, and I'm fully committed in, in passing on that message um, and making sure it's it's out there and trying to just trying to help people understand that because our, con- our customers and our clients, they don't see regulation. They see a piece of paper that has legal jargon on it. Yeah. And um, so they don't see anything that happens in the background. So we have um, MMR that happened a couple of years ago, the whole new thing with buy-to-let, stamp duty and tax. No one sees any of it. Mm-hmm. We complain about it. Um, and we generate a problem that doesn't need to exist mm-hmm. um, in, our, in our customers' and clients' eyes. So... Um, I think we need to take away a lot of the um I suppose the financial services and the and the regulation element completely out of sight of the customer mm-hmm. and replace it with complete authentic authenticity, transparency, personal, um the personal approach, um pure honesty. And when I say that, I mean hundred percent. This is what I get paid. Um for helping you out and doing this as a service to you. Mm -hmm. This is what's coming out of your pocket. And to that extent, I think it's really important.
0: And how do we weave social media into this? I mean you're a social media fan. In fact, one of the things that's quite interesting is we started talking to each other on Snapchat. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and and I think that you're probably the only the third financial advisor that I know that's on Snapchat. And and a lot of people who are listening to this podcast will be immediately saying, "Roger, what on earth are you talking about Snapchat for? Snapchat is is I have a perception that Snapchat is is used by teenagers to share rude pictures of each other." Now, yeah. Again, we've been talking about perceptions. You know, the perception the public have of financial services is, is is poor. A perception a lot of people have of Snapchat is that that's what it's for. But actually, there's a thriving, growing business community on Snapchat. And I think there's quite a lot of lessons to be learned from that platform and one of those lessons is that you can't beat good engagement and because of its its uh, video inherent nature snapchat is a perfect engagement vehicle um, to allow people to engage with potential customers and, and business contacts so how do we weave social media into this 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 quest that you have to uh, in, increase the level of trust that people have in financial services
2: yeah it's a great question and a great point. Um, to make because people do see Snapchat or did see Snapchat and still do and they probably will for a while as this sort of teenage um, private uh, messaging with pictures sort of platform and and it was true to an extent until they created the story element. And um, so, what happens now is you can do a video or a photo, and you can add it to a story. And every and because it only lasts twenty four hours, people are there waiting for you to to add to your story to see what's going on. Yeah. Um. Th- and where what really uh, I suppose triggered um, social media and and sort of moving towards Snapchat in my mind was a couple of years ago. When um, I was getting very involved with social media um, i would I would think of regulation and I would have complete and utter fear of if I say this and someone snapshots it or they forward it to someone i'm going to be struck off. Mm-hmm. That was the ultimate fear mm-hmm. and then I realized um, f- through a complete mindset shift that the regulation is there to impose rules like anyone would an Mm -hmm. employer um your boss whoever it may be and actually that helps us in our industry because we don't want to promote that you know the best way to get clients is not to promote and i go very strongly um, along the rule of um people don't shop where where they socialize sort of thing so um so snapchat is a very good way to connect personally with your clients. And I have clients that follow me on Snapchat and they view my stories every day mm-hmm. and I make sure it's entertaining for them. And it's almost like an accountability for me as well yeah, um, to make sure I'm on top of it and, and I can see what's, what's happening and they can view m- me personally. It's completely no filter. This is how I am. Um, and it's the perfect attention grabbing tool. Uh, because it only lasts for 24 hours or 10 seconds. And they, if they miss it, they miss it. And uh, it's the fear of missing out again from from their point of view, I suppose. Um, I think in the next couple of years, it, it's it's going to be huge. I think a lot more older people. I, I was just speaking to, I went for a meeting with a lady called Jo Smythe. Um, she's a copywriter and she does press releases. Okay. And uh, to, to partly get, get this word out in the local area. And uh, at the end, I said, can I have a... a Picture. I'm up to put on my Snapchat and uh, and tweet about it. And she said, "Yeah, sure." She said, Are "You on Snapchat?" <laughs> I said, "Yes." I'm guessing you're not. She said, "I signed up to it and just never used it." Mm-hmm. And uh, and I started talking about the the process of the stories and how people can just view it for 24 hours and you can save it and repurpose it and people can really see into what you do daily and how your kind of life runs and process runs. And that although she didn't say anything. I could feel like a, a curiosity of, hmm, I want what? What could I do with that? Um, so I think people are slowly, uh, as long as they can uh, get some data or they can read about it and, and what it can do, I think people will realise very quickly um, that it can be a very powerful platform, especially to increase trust because it's a window into your life and there's no hiding anymore.
0: I think that's absolutely spot on. It is a window into your life. It's a window into your business. And and what I do on Snapchat is I give people a little bit of an insight in the behind the scenes to my business. So I've shown people the recording of a podcast, for example, or I've given people a tour of my podcasting equipment or shown them me shooting a video. And I think yeah. it's, it is giving people that insight and therefore they realize that you are a real person. You are a trustworthy person and you're actually somebody who, who would be good to do business with and yeah. to a, and to a certain extent, other social media platforms like Twitter LinkedIn have suffered in, ish, in the early stages from a similar sort of perception problem that snapchat has now yeah in in that, <laughs> in that people think that it's um, it 's not something for them it 's not it 's something to be feared or i can 't use it because i 'm going to make a a compliance mistake, and I think that as a marketeer we sometimes forget that social media means socializing you know yeah. i i see a lot of financial services companies who have started to embrace Twitter and LinkedIn and even Facebook and and, and not so much Snapchat but those, those are the ones are just using it as a promotional platform so yeah. they'll 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 publish an advert or not even an advert or just a link to a, a piece of um, copy or a link to their product page but there's no engagement there's yeah. there's no replying to people there's no talking to people there's no listening to people Mm. and to me that shows that they really don't understand what social media is and social media is an engagement vehicle it's like you go to a pub and you wouldn't stand in the doorway of a pub and start saying hey buy my product come and buy my book come and buy my um, this, that, and the other, you'd go in there, you'd have a pint, you'd have a chat with somebody, you'd ask them how their day was, you'd ask them what their holiday was like, you'd ask them how things are going at work, you'd have a conversation, you'd listen to them. Yeah. And and if you build a relationship with somebody in that social setting, then it may well go on to become a productive business relationship that might yeah. end up them buying your book or your your product or whatever it is. But to use it overtly as a promotional vehicle, I think... Misses the whole point of social media. And I think you've really hit the nail on the head with your Snapchat example there, that it's about creating a relationship with somebody initially, creating that trust, giving them an insight into their business and their personal life so that eventually a business relationship will develop. And perhaps the reason why we're so hung up on the compliance elements of social media isn't because we think we're gonna screw it up and say the wrong thing. It's because our mindset is this is a promotional platform and yeah. promotions are financial promotions and they have to be complied. Therefore, I can't risk using it.
2: Absolutely, I, I've spoken to um, a couple of advisors which have asked the question, you know, we can't, we can't promote. so. What are we, you know, and if we put anything, there's compliance in the way and we've got to pass barriers. Um, and my initial response to them very, very simply is it doesn't take a compliance sign-off to say thank you for the follow. And it doesn't take a, a finance, you know, a compliance sign-off to say, can I help or um, is there anything I can do for you? Because it, 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 that's no promotion. It's, you know, just saying thank you for the follow mm-hmm. doesn't need a sign-off, but that can create such a personal relationship with with people that they come back anyway or they follow you um or they don't unfollow you probably more importantly and uh, when it comes to things like back in the day when people thought twitter was just people are going to post uh, every 15 minutes saying i'm making a coffee <laughs> yes. or i'm walking the dog or and people basically said this is pointless what you know what is it actually for um, and now it's this huge, huge platform which basically you go to anywhere now and there's a sign in with Twitter button. And mm. uh, it's, a, you know, you can't get away from it.
0: I think that uh, if you look at the Twitter feeds of even well known financial services brands, the points you've just made there are, are highlighted in plain sight. Uh, I, I look at these Twitter feeds and I might see one or two tweets a day and the tweet will just be read our latest um, product profile or this, that (laughs) and the other. And there's no engagement. And the reason Mm. is, and I think, and, and in fact, I know that people do have to get at replies complied. So if somebody says, oh, we really like your new website, financial services company, they can't go at reply and say, thanks for the compliments. It means a lot. They have to get that complied by their marketing department to make sure it's on brand and the compliance people to make sure it doesn't break the financial services um, rules. Yeah. And, that, and that's just nuts. Uh, it is, it's, it's, it's
2: crazy. <laughs> and uh, I, I think I think it's just an education thing that if people can go into financial services firms, even the big banks and, and the big um, financial services firms out there and just educate people to say, do you understand what you can and cannot say? It wouldn't need to go through three compliance um, professionals just to at reply to someone so it's there's a huge education gap there um, which I think could do with um, fill filling pretty much as soon as possible the sooner that gets done and the better educated people are the less hassle time money they will have to spend on these tiny compliance uh, issues mm-hmm. um, and so that that really needs to change And on the uh, when you're talking about seeing tweets come up and seeing what people post, every time I see a bank or building society or financial services firm tweet, I take a screenshot of it just so I can uh, refer back to, to <laughs> think to myself, um, "Wow, I'm not going to do that." Uh, I've got one from um, a, a very well-known um, UK bank, and uh, it's it's basically we do investment investments or something. This is how many people or how much money we have on our books full stop follow us full stop and uh and i i scrolled past that as you do with it with your finger on your phone and uh i scrolled past that and just shook my head and took a <laughs> screenshot and thought oh my god so it comes back to the people don't shop where they socialize and you know you wouldn't tap someone's shoulder in a in the shopping center and say follow me it's, so following that rule, is, uh, it makes me laugh when I see it. In
0: an earlier podcast, I came up with a little strap line, which was something along the lines of don't push product, just point to good content and yeah. ha- and have a conversation. And I think that if we can get over that view that social media is a promotional platform and therefore needs to be complied like a promotional advertisement would have to be and you realize that it is a two-way conversation in the same way as an email might be between two people then hopefully we can start to make progress at, at overcoming some of these um, these fears but Danny what are you doing within your business to start moving forward on some of the uh, some of the ideas that you've been talking about today
2: um, so from a from a, a consumer point of view or from a client point of view um, I'm just in the process of finishing up a few bits before I launch uh, a podcast specifically around um, helping people with information uh, about their mortgage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a real uh, sort of <laughs> difficulty with the compliance element because uh, I've had to try and explain to them what's going to happen and how that isn't going to lead to advice. So, um, being a mortgage advisor is it's very tightly regulated, like everything is. Um, um, my argument was always, what about the guy who does, you know, the, the money hospital and he's on telly and how come he can say all this? And so I've took a lot from that sort of concept um, to put into my podcast, which will basically be just help for people and information um, and tools that people in the pub, the general public can use um, to help them achieve what they want. Um, unfortunately, it won't I won't be able to answer any specific questions, mm-hmm. but it will be very general in um, and in a very trusting environment where, where it's very personal between me and them in their earphones or in the car, wherever they are. Um, very convenient for them. And uh, that should just push towards a trust element between me and them personally. And if they wanted specific advice, then it, there's a channel for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just my way of Given tremendous value upfront. Um, I know we're both a, a fan of uh, Gary V and it's, it's my way of converting what happens in every other industry into financial services. So I've got the podcast that I'm working on. I'm also working on, um, uh, something called Advisor's Edge, which will be, um, a place where advisors can go for education and insights and knowledge. Right. Um, in social media and, um, so that there's a couple of things going on I, I just be- want to try and sp- uh, spread the word as much as possible really and, and get this out there that th- things are changing and you know the you're either with it or you're not but if you're not unfortunately I truly believe that give it 10 years and uh, m- the majority will be out of business if it, if they don't uh, if they don't start changing the way that they communicate with people where they
0: want to be communicated. What do you think the biggest challenges you're going to face getting your ideas to market, Danny?
2: Um, I, I think mostly it's it's just going to be the awareness of it. I think it, I think we've trained consumers to think in, in that way where they don't trust us. Mm. So I think they're now trained to think like that. So then pulling them out of that mindset and saying the you know the door's open. The you know the window's transparent. Just ask me, talk to me. Um, I'm giving you what you need. Um, so I think it's going to be a hard push to begin with to to train people's mindsets out of oh this company's taking money off me or you know they're charging me fees or you know overdraft fees for a bank and all that kind of thing. I think the biggest challenge for me is just um, reversing something that we've done horribly to, to the general public and consumers.
0: And what steps will you be taking? And, and believe me, I agree with everything you've said about the compliance aspects of um, social media, but on the whole, as a financial services business, you still do need to be compliant. So what steps will you be taking to ensure that the social media engagement, the content marketing engagement that you're building with your customers is actually obeying the rules?
2: Me personally, I just have to be very careful um about pointing people into a certain direction mm-hmm. or um, leading them down a path without being absolutely one hundred percent clear about where that path ends, um, which was a, a a big conversation with uh, a com- uh, my compliance department um, around if they click a button, it doesn't matter if it takes them five pages to get to that point. You need to tell them at the beginning, this is what's going to happen and mark it in a certain way. So uh, for me I've had to spend the last two years um, solid just educating myself on what I can write and what I can't write and what I can refer to um, and how I communicate the the, the process and the path um, to where I want them to get without it being a, a promotion or a compliance issue. Um, fortunately for me, um, I, the, the compliance department in the network I'm with is uh, incredible. They're so helpful. I mean, it's a very small department, and uh, everything I need. It's just a, what about this? Is it okay to do this? And it's a yes, fine. Um, don't do that. Just take that word out. Just put that word in. Uh, just make sure that's clear. It's a very very um, quick strategy, and I, I appreciate that not everyone has that. Um, but the more you invest in your own education around social media and just communicating like a human being with people, um, the less hassle you're going to get from compliance. And I think actually compliance pushes us um, to become more social mm-hmm. and to become um, more personal with people without saying, buy, buy all my stuff or uh, invest in this and spend your money with me. Uh, So I think regulation is a very good thing uh, in the sense that it pushes us to be more personal and social rather than promotional.
0: This is all great stuff, Danny. And what's the one big idea that you'd like everyone who's listening to the Empath podcast today to take away from these experiences and these ambitions that you've got?
2: Yeah, if I I could pick just one, I, I, I want everyone who's listening that's in financial services, that's in banking, that's in insurance to think about, the, the trust level of their customers and how they can change that and really uh, try to to hone in on that the world is changing rapidly and the way that we communicate with customers and clients is changing rapidly and people now want to be contacted in, in different places and if we don't change and start adapting to that as an industry um, as a even as a regulator um, then I fear that a lot of, you know, financial services companies, IFAs, especially smaller firms and individuals like myself will go out of business. Um, and it, it doesn't need to be like that because it doesn't take a lot of money. It doesn't take a lot of resource. It just takes an understanding of, um, uh, of, The rules and different, uh, different elements of social media and how you can use it and just educating yourself. Um, so Roger, I've, um, I've put together actually just for the empath podcast listeners, um, a, a bit of a power pack. So it's a couple of PDFs, things like, uh, rules of social media, making sure, um, and it's not necessarily around regulation, it's more, uh, of the statement I made of, of people don't shop where uh, where they socialize and there's a few different rules on there. Some statistics about who is actually on platforms. Mm-hmm. There's a few statistics around uh, something like 90% of, of very high net worth clients are um, on Twitter and they actively use it um, to find information on financial products and services. So it's, uh, it, there's some really insightful stuff on there um a couple of things i'm putting together so i'll give you a link uh, for the show notes where people can go over just pop their email address in it will get sent to them and there'll be three or four pdfs to hopefully get them on the right track just to start thinking about the future and and how they're communicating.
0: That's fantastic, Danny. And of course, I will include the link to your PDF power pack in the show notes, which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF. That's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MPAF. Danny, before we go, I always like to finish the podcast with a quick fire round of really fast answers to really quick business questions. What's the one thing that you'd change about the financial services industry if someone gave you a magic wand to wave? Perception. What's the one business model? Or it could be a product or it could be a campaign that's caught your attention in the last year, even if it was from a competitor. Tell us what it was and what you liked about it. Uh, social media
2: archiving. Okay. Um, I've spoken to a few companies. Uh, about archiving and, and how it works. it's basically just a system where all of your tweets, messages um, are through this um, software and then it can be linked to a compliance department which basically tick to approve or decline or amend. Um, I think that could be a really uh, I think that's the way forward for for the UK for especially larger firms that need sign off for, for certain things. So social media archiving there's there's a load of them around if you search for it. Um, on Google or, or something, then uh, you'll be able to find out more.
0: Tell us about an app or a gadget that's made a huge difference to your working life.
2: Okay, th- this one has nothing to do with the industry or anything, um, but I've uh, I've been a fan of the Five Minute Journal. Oh yes. Um, but they recently released an app for the phone, uh, which I've been using for two weeks now, and uh, it's a really it's surprising what journaling and gratitude does for your daily life, mm-hmm. um, and it gives you weekly challenges, and it just allows you to to document think the smaller things in life that you can really be grateful for and you can also use it as a, a bit of a productivity tool so I try to use that and uh, it's, it's
0: been a great help and what's the best business book you've ever read tell us why you like it so much and what you took from it oh can I give two of course
2: okay um I would uh, never turn down uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's jab 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 right hook it's what got me into this mindset of um, giving value Without selling anything, Uh, the other one was the one that I mentioned earlier. Uh, It was Extreme Trust by Don Peppers and Martha Rogers, um, two fascinating people. Uh, They speak about extreme trust not only in our industry but across the board. And it's the and you'll find that it's the same thing um, across the board, whether especially regulated industries like healthcare as well. And uh, that there's um, a lot of really good insight to um, just help change your mindset a bit. So. Uh, that one is definitely recommended. That's Extreme Trust by Don Peppers
0: and Martha Rogers. Fantastic, Danny. And before we go, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people listening to the podcast today who maybe want to have a chat with you. And and we've got the aforementioned power pack of um, PDFs that you're generously giving away to the listeners of the Empath Podcast. But if people want to specifically get in touch with you, what's the best way?
2: Yeah, so uh, they can connect with me on Twitter. I'm fairly active on there. Um, You can reach me there, uh, i'm at the actual danny um that's because i am an actual danny not a daniel then i was sick of people asking so <laughs> <laughs> so it made sense for me um so you can get me at the actual danny pretty much anywhere periscope twitter um and
0: uh snapchat as well for that will be in the show notes as well which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash mpaf danny thank you so much for talking to me today it's been a really fascinating chat really exciting you're really passionate about the subject share all the same views as i do let me wish you every success for the future and i hope to catch up with you in person at some industry event soon
2: thanks very much roger it's been an
1: honor thanks for listening to the marketing protection and finance podcast do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash mpaf the links to the apps and topics and books we discussed if you enjoyed the show please leave a review on itunes simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash itunes and leave a review if you are a provider or advisor or journalist and you have a product campaign or business model you'd like to talk about please get in touch you can be the next guest on the show and do remember nothing we talk about on the show is financial advice of any kind It's all just thoughts and opinions, okay?